Welcome to Weekend Ag Matters from the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. Join us for an in-depth look at Iowa agriculture. Here's your host, Riley Smith. The weather was perfect until we saw severe thunderstorms and flash floods on Friday. Other than that, who could have asked for better weather for this year's Iowa State Fair? Welcome to this week's edition of Weekend Ag Matters. I'm Riley Smith. Russ Parker and Dustin Huffman will join us later on in the show. As for right now, let's start with a quick look at the news headlines. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds, Lieutenant Governor Adam Gregg, Secretary of Agriculture Mike Nag, and Department of Natural Resources Director Kayla Lyon recognized 40 Iowa farm families with the Iowa Farm Environmental Leader Awards at the Iowa State Fair. The award acknowledges farmers who take voluntary actions to improve and protect our state's natural resources while serving as leaders in their farming communities. These farm families use scientifically proven practices like cover crops, wetlands, bioreactors, and saturated buffers that support the goals of the Iowa Nutrient Reduction Strategy. The recipients recognize the benefits of conservation practices, extend beyond their fields to residents downstream, and their leadership encourages others to adopt similar conservation practices. More than 690 Iowa farm families have been recognized since the creation of the Iowa Farm Environmental Leader Award in 2012. A list of recipients can be found on the Iowa Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship website. In other news, a time-honored tradition has been bringing attention to the Iowa State Fair and the Ronald McDonald House Charities of Iowa for four decades. This past Saturday, they celebrated the 40th iteration of the Iowa Governor's Charity Steer Show. The event was started way back in 1983 by then-Governor Terry Branstad. The show was put together through the cooperation of the Iowa Governor's Office, the Iowa Cattlemen's Association, and the Iowa Beef Industry Council. This year, there were 25 steers shown by the kids and their celebrity show people. The show hands out four awards during the program, and these were this year's winners. This year's grand champion steer was Blue. The celebrity guest was John Lawrence of ISU Extension and Outreach, and the exhibitor was Brady Werner. People's Choice Award went to the steer Maverick. Celebrity was Clarissa Chun, head coach of University of Iowa Women's Wrestling, and the exhibitor was Tate Nelson. The Showmanship Award went to Iowa State Fair CEO Gary Slater and exhibitor Paige Evans. And the Community Hero Award went to the Steer Tradition. Celebrity was Jamie Henderson of Eastern Iowa Ronald McDonald House Board Chair and exhibitor Tucker Klima. This year's show broke the all-time earnings record set just last year of $375,000 and raised $436,000 this year to help the Ronald McDonald House Charities of Iowa with locations in Des Moines, Iowa City, and Sioux City. That's all the time we have for news headlines this week, and that wraps up the Iowa State Fair. We've just enjoyed so much bringing that content to you, and we look forward to next year's show already. You can find the rest of our daily news stories from the Iowa State Fair on our website at iowaagnet.com. As for right now, we'll go ahead and kick it over to Russ Parker with his faith-based food for thought here on Weekend Ag Matters. We're finishing up our second week at the Iowa State Fair. And as some of you might know, our network booth is directly east of the horse barn and in front of Albert the Super Bowl. I've never counted how many people stroll by our booth in 11 days, but it's a lot. I'm sure in the thousands every day. And for those who stop to say hi, usually to get a temporary tattoo, we find that they come from all over. This year we talked to not only hundreds from Iowa, 
but from other places too, like New York, Florida, and Washington State, to name a few. I think the recurring theme in these 11 days is agriculture. For some, they know it like the back of their hand, and for others, it's a whole new world. While we chuckle about a bull being called the super cow, or being asked where the big pig is, this event highlights the importance of agriculture and why those of us in ag and those who consume our products by necessity need to understand each other in order for it to all work together. We had the opportunity to partner with the Governor's Charity Steer Show and witness the passion and compassion that that experience offers, especially for the young people. And we watched pigs and goats and sheep and cattle being shown by 4-Hers and FFA members and witnessed the hard work and patience required for logistics and preparation. At the end of the day, how it all works together. It reminds me, too, that everyone we see and meet is different. Of the thousands of people who walk by, no two are alike. Each one uniquely made, each one with their own unique thoughts, moods, and stations in life. And even so, somehow it all works together. What a privilege it is to see God's plan and creation at work. Food for thought, I hope. This is Russ Parker. Have a blessed day. Thanks, Russ. That's it for segment one on this week's episode. Coming up after this short break, I talk with Iowa First District Congresswoman Ashley Henson. This is Weekend Ag Matters. In August, we celebrate National Water Quality Month. The Iowa Department of Agriculture and Land Stewardship reaffirmed farmers' commitment to sustainability by saying that Iowa has been working hard for decades to protect and improve water quality. They admit, however, more can be done. In 2013, Iowa rolled out the Nutrient Reduction Strategy, which aims to reduce nutrients and surface water from both point and non-point sources in a scientific, reasonable, and cost-effective manner. Such can be achieved by way of cover crops, watershed planning, bioreactors, saturated buffers, wetlands, drainage water management, extended crop rotation, no-till strip-till, nutrient stewardship, prairie strips, stream buffers, grass waterways, and water and sediment control basins. These are just a few examples of how you can play a part in improving our state's water quality. For more information on the Iowa Nutrient Reduction Strategy, visit cleanwateriowa.org. This Water Quality Month message is coming to you from your friends at the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. Welcome back to Weekend Ag Matters. Here's Riley Smith. We're here at the Iowa State Fair, day nine of the fair this year, and we're talking with Iowa First District Congresswoman Ashley Henson. Uh, first off, great to have you in the tent today. It's so great to be at the Iowa State Fair. I've been looking forward to it since last year, so uh, great to be here with everyone today. Right, fair's a great time every year. So first off today, let's just go ahead and talk about you know the big topic right now, which is inflation. You know, we've had some legislation coming out about that. You know, what's been going on on your side of things? Yeah, well, unfortunately, what we've seen in Washington D.C. is just uh, an addiction to spending money by the Democrats, and um, I think the completely wrong policy 
policy at the wrong time is to double down when we're in a recession and raise taxes and spend more money, which is exactly what that bill did. Um, so I've been out there talking about it. It adds 87,000 new IRS agents, um, a lot of tax credits for electric vehicles, and all of that has got to, that money's got to come from somewhere. And so I know that they are going to be targeting everyday hardworking Americans making less than $400,000 a year. So I think we should come back to the drawing table. And I know the president signed it this week, but um, we need to come back to the drawing table and actually work on issues that are going to help solve inflation. Fuel costs are one of the number one things on people's minds right now. You, you, farmers are in the energy business, right? I mean, with all of the input costs going up the way they are, uh, that is driving inflation as well. So we need to do everything we can to embrace that all of the above energy strategy, um, not target hardworking Americans, and just focus on the issues that everybody's talking about at their kitchen table. Right, of course, and you know, as Iowans, you know, we're all ready for ethanol, and you know, we have the production ready, and it's just, it seems like we don't have quite the backing for that yet, you know, and it's it's just, a, a, like I said, a little frustrating, you know, we wish we could get there, but it's just not quite there yet. Yeah, well, and we do have a, a bipartisan biofuels caucus, which, um, that is our job, is to get out there and educate our colleagues on, on both sides of the aisle about ethanol, about biofuels, and about how it is a great option for consumers. Um, I don't think we can flip the switch and move to electric vehicles overnight, so as we're having the conversations about the combustion engine and how long it's going to be around. I mean, realistically, uh, from what I've what I've seen on the roads, you've got a lot of cars on the road that are uh, older models. You've got a lot of farm equipment that's running on traditional um, gasoline and petroleum products. Uh, it's not something we're going to be able to flip to overnight. So that's where I see our role as being good ambassadors for the industry. And hey, it supports a lot of great paying jobs um, here in Iowa and around the Midwest, ar around the country, frankly, um, on the business side as well. So to me, it seems like a win-win and we'll keep talking about it um, ad nauseum in Washington DC right and of course being at the fair we kind of see you know how or a little bit maybe of where the issue is it's just there's a disconnect between everybody you know families are becoming further and further removed from the farm some are three or four generations since they've been even connected to a farm and as, that's probably where a lot of this issue is coming from. It's not that there's an inherent issue with electric vehicles. We're just not ready for it yet. Right. And that's that's exactly right. It's about being deliberate and being thoughtful. And um, again, I think that uh, knee-jerk reactions are never good public policy, but um, it's been my job to get out there and tell Iowan stories. And that starts with telling the story of rural America. Um, it's why I've been pushing back a bit against destructive policies coming out of states like California, where they seem to think that food does not come from uh, a farm. It comes from the grocery store. So um, again, I introduced the EATS Act, which I know we talked about last year here at the fair to spotlight this issue that they are trying to uh, overregulate and put our farms out of business and so we'll continue to fight for Iowa agriculture whether that's our pork producers our cattlemen or our corn growers and soybean growers right and of course as well you've been touring around the counties in your area recently what are some of the issues you've been seeing there yeah. Well, inflation is the number one thing that comes up, but um, I've done a lot of Main Street tours and business uh, visits. Uh, still, workforce is a big challenge, and supply chain is a huge challenge. I also recently visited um, a health clinic in Marshalltown, um, one of the federally qualified health clinics. Um, making sure that people have great access to care has been a priority for me and my office, and so um, we were actually able to secure some funding for them so they could expand um, their options for, for health and dental in Marshalltown. So um, really had a chance to kind of peel back the curtain on some of the projects that I was able to deliver for the district and for Iowans. And, um, but I think it, the main story I continue to hear is life is harder for people right now. Um, it's more expensive under this Biden-Pelosi economic agenda, and um, they want me to push back on it and to be a check on the administration. Right. And of course, you know, 
like you mentioned earlier with the bipartisan biofuels caucus, these aren't you know partisan issues. These are issues that rural America is facing, and there's no side either way on it. It's just these are things, and we have to deal with them. Right, and I think spotlighting them every chance we get is what we've tried to do. So uh, I'm the only Iowan on the Appropriations Committee. That's a great place to speak up, not only for taxpayers, but for rural America's stories. Um, so whether or not it's the fact that people are having to drive further to get gas, whether it's they're having trouble putting food on the table, or their input costs are so high, they're worried about how they're going to make money next year. Um, those are the conversations that I continue to have. Um, we're pushing back against the EPA. Uh, that's a great place to do it on the Appropriations Committee because everybody has to come to us as appropriators and ask for their money for their budgets. So I see oversight on that committee as an absolutely critical part of standing up for rural America and that's what we're doing every day. All right, and of course, everybody being super excited to be at the State Fair this year. What are some of the things uh, on your agenda for today? Well, I've got to get my pickle dog. That's always my first stop, is uh, typically trying to eat at the pickle dog stand. Um, I heard the finisher is awesome, so I'm definitely going to try that today. Um, and then my boys will be arriving a little bit later today. My, uh, they're 11 and 9, um, so you talk about the price of bacon going up. We feel that in our house. We go through lots of bacon. Um, but we are going to definitely have the pork belly on a stick. Right, absolutely. Always great things from the pork tent as well. And with those pork producers there, it's just a great time. And just such a great opportunity at the State Fair to connect with these people who maybe aren't so connected to the farm, but they're here kind of a captive audience, so might as well teach them while they're here. Absolutely, there's so much to see and so much to learn about industry, um, just the, the displays, the exhibits. All of our young people who have spent uh, hours and hours and years uh, cultivating animals to show here at the fair, and I got a chance to see some of those at the county fairs, so it'll be really neat to see them on display here this week too. So I'm just very proud to be an Iowan and very proud to be here at the Iowa State Fair. Right, no better display of what it's like to be an Iowan than here at the State Fair. So. Great talking with you today, Congresswoman Hinson. Uh, you know, good luck with the rest of the year and as, as you continue to work on stuff. And have a good day at the fair. Absolutely. Thanks, Riley. And thanks, everybody, for watching. That again was Iowa 1st District Congresswoman Ashley Hinson. That's it for segment two of this week's show. When we come back from this break, Dustin Huffman will wrap up as he talks with Iowa Ag Secretary Mike Nag. This is Weekend Ag Matters. What's your idea of fun? Treating yourself to a bucket of ooey gooey warm chocolatey Barksdale State Fair cookies or sampling the new foods on a stick? Whatever it is, find your fun at the Iowa State Fair. 11 days of smiles, thrills, music, and yums. Nothing compares to the food and fun of the Iowa State Fair. August 11th through the 21st. Start finding your fun at iowastatefair.org. Welcome back to Weekend Ag Matters. Here's your host, Dustin Hoffman. Welcome back to Weekend Ag Matters. I'm Dustin Hoffman. We're here at the Iowa State Fair, which wraps up here this weekend. We had the chance for our monthly chat to catch up with Iowa Ag Secretary Mike Nag. We're here at the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network tent at the Iowa State Fair, and it's time for our monthly chat, but also yearly catch up with the fair yeah. with Iowa Ag Secretary Mike Nag. Thanks for stopping by today. Oh, I love visiting here. I'm sure. You know, you, we always have a good discussion off the cameras, usually. So you've been very, very busy here at the fair. In fact, let's start with what happened yesterday, the big, the big event, and that is the Century and Heritage Farms. You know, this is uh, truly is one of my favorite days of the year, certainly of the fair, and that's the day that we get to recognize uh, Century and Family, uh, Century and Heritage 
farm families. And so these are folks that have had a, a farm in their family for 100 years or 150 years. Yesterday we recognized 351 of those families. And you know, you think about it. I mean, you, you go back and you think, what, has, what have these families had to endure? You're talking about world wars, pandemics, a Great Depression, an 80s farm crisis. Uh, and it's so fascinating as the families walk across the stage. We had, you know, uh, four generations on the stage at one point yesterday. And you get little stories about what, you know, grandparents or great-grandparents had to do and some of the challenges they had to overcome. It's fascinating. But you apply that to today and you think, what do we talk a lot about? Uncertainty, challenges in agriculture, weather challenges, market challenges. It puts it in perspective. This isn't the first time that we've had to deal with those things. And so it really teaches us about how resilient our, our Iowa farm families are and, and gives you, I think, a lot of hope for the future. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, there's always going to be a challenge one way, shape, or form. Mother Nature has been throwing droughts and floods since the beginning of time. So, I mean, you know, it's nothing new, really. No, and, you know, you take the weather challenges. Oh, and also think of the technological advancements in farming. Uh, you know, the equipment, the technology, the uh, the approaches to those things, and just how the marketplace has changed as well. So, yes, that's right. I, I think it's a great... It's great to recognize and celebrate that history, but it is, I think, very instructive for the future, for the next 100 or 150 years, and the expectations that we should have around that. Also, another thing you guys celebrate, and that's environmental awards, yeah. and that's something I know IDALS has definitely been working for, and that was, you know, with the, the water stewardship and all of that. I mean, tell us a little bit about celebrating those accomplishments. You know, this is something that we've been doing now for several years, and uh, I think we're up to about 700 families, farm families, that have been recognized for their leadership in environmental stewardship, and so we did, we recognized 40 this year, and this is a joint effort between uh, Governor Reynolds, uh, the DNR, Director Lyon, and myself. Uh, and, and we we celebrate those accomplishments, you know, and we ought to do more of that. We ought to we ought to one we ought to thank people who have been leaders on conservation, and and you know these aren't folks by the way that just decided yesterday that they were going to get into this. These are oftentimes families that have a generational commitment to conservation, but what's more, they also are folks that are hosting field days and talking to their neighbors. They are engaged, and so they can be examples to others. And so it it was an honor to be able to recognize those families and again you see a lot of pride in the and and deservedly so with those families that were coming across the stage again multiple generations of a family uh and that tells you what you need to know about how farmers view the land and that's a good thing yeah and it definitely helps promote to those who are maybe on the fence about making those switches yeah. and, and then it's a good way for them to contact and find out what they yes. went through lessons they learned because this doesn't just happen overnight and sometimes that's the flack we catch in the industry because oh why don't they just do it well it, it took decades and maybe a century to get where they're at now it's not going to turn the, in the next year well in fact that was I, I would ask each of the families that come across you know somebody that was planting cover crops or doing no-till and i'd say you know somebody might have been doing started doing no-till back in the 80s and i say what have you learned about that and they laugh and kind of say well a lot you know and they, they had to adapt and change and, and there are lessons to be learned and some of the best you know uh field days that i've been to are when a when a farmer who's trying cover crops and and had some things that didn't go right uh shares those things and say hey make make your own mistakes don't repeat mine and and but this is how we adapted and learned and that's incredibly valuable and so I think that farmer to farmer farmer interaction is really important yeah it definitely is and, and you know, like you said it it gets people more involved and it's it's not an easy decision to come by either because you're used to doing things the way they are but then you're talking about new equipment for some things and it, it's really a it's a big undertaking 
It is, and then that's where we step in, right? And that's where all of the, you know, the, the Iowa Department of Ag and Land Stewardship, USDA and RCS, uh, our local soil and water conservation districts, all the partners, you know, we've got uh, a couple of co-ops now that are employing conservation agronomists, the, the commodity groups, you know, this is where that, you know, those 350 different partners that we're working with across the state of Iowa are either providing technical assistance to producers, uh, helping them design practices, or in some cases we provide financial assistance, you know, through cost share, uh, like we do with cover crops for producers who want to try something new. So that's where that, that effort to work alongside our farmers and landowners, and, and actually our communities as well with urban conservation, that's where that work is critically important because uh, it, it, is, it, it is a learning curve that you've got to overcome in order to uh, really incorporate these practices. All right, and other things at the State Fair, of course, you showed at the uh, Governor's Charity Steer Show. Uh, does the conspiracy theory continue another year? Absolutely, and you know, I appreciated all your coaching from off camera there, you know, and, and uh, it, it is such a, such a wonderful event. I, I showed this year for uh, Floyd County again. Uh, Luke uh, Paplo was uh, the exhibitor who was with me and coaching me along and showing that. But, you know, this is, this is a tremendous way for the beef industry to show up. You see some uh, amazing cattle, which is a great representation of the industry. And it's a, it's a great way for the industry to give back to Ronald McDonald House. Uh, over $400,000 raised this year. We're pushing close to $5 million since the uh, creation of the steer show uh, back in the 80s. And again, it's just a wonderful, it's a wonderful part of the fair and a great way to, to give back to the community. Yep, and we also got to see you that same night at Bacon Buddies with the pigs. I mean, that's always a good time, especially when you get that one pig that's always spirited and the gate opens and they just come running for it. I tell you that. So this is where, you know, you've got Special Olympics uh, athletes paired up with two mentors, FFA and 4-Hers, and they have done some work to get that, that pig ready to go in the ring, and they've talked about how to present that to the judge and and it is a wonderful experience. I, I think it's it's beneficial to the Special uh, Olympics uh, athlete who's showing, but it's really important for those mentors too because they're getting a chance to interact in a special way. And, and uh, I, I love the interviews that they do and, and uh, asking the kids what they've learned. And I also know that many uh, county fairs have started to incorporate these Bacon Buddy events locally. And I, I think it's, a, again, a wonderful, a fun, wonderful way to just introduce showing pigs and the pork industry to uh, some folks that might not have a chance to do that. But again, isn't this really all about trying to create opportunities for our young people to develop and grow? And, you know, that that's a that's such an important thing. And, you know, a lot of that is happening on the south side of this fairgrounds, right yeah. down in the livestock areas. You have to work hard. You've got to learn that you, know, you got to have a commitment to these projects. Otherwise, you're not going to be successful here. You know, and it's also a great way to have that interaction with our consumer base. Yep. I mean, something new that's just added today, even though we're almost at the end of the fair, the gentleman who owns Albert, the, the champion bull, is now coming in every so often and, and, and talking about what he has to do to raise his, his bull and, and what his life is like and sharing with people who would probably just think he's going to be hamburger in a little while. You know, and this might be truly one of the most meaningful agriculture interactions that somebody has here at the fair. And it, it, it might be that you get a chance to come down and see the Super Bowl or the or the, the boar or the, the ram, or that you milk a cow, you know, down here, or that you go to the Animal Learning Center. Or it might be that you go to the beef quarters or the pork producer's tent and, and actually experience the food. You know, but that, that actually does a great job of showing everything from the livestock production all the way to the plate. 
and uh, we get to do that all within the space of the of the fair and, and of course that's also happening at county fairs all throughout the summer so uh, I am proud of the fact that this Iowa State Fair continues to be an agriculture fair and it always should be uh, because uh, it is so important that we put our best foot forward as agriculture and be willing to engage and talk to, uh, to consumers and again what a great opportunity for our young people to see that and understand that very early on in their lives. And that, of course, brings us to the next topic. You started to allude to it. It's something that you and I talk about, I think, all the time when we bump into each other. The food at the fair is always worth coming to. And I know we definitely do our best to support all the uh, uh, agronomic groups, you know, especially the dairy barn. Uh, absolutely. You know, I always say, people ask me all the time what my favorite food is. I say it's like picking your favorite child. We all know you have one, but you're not going to tell anybody uh, uh, that. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I love you all, boys. Um, but, no, it, it is a... A, a wonderful way to, to sample and eat your way across the grounds, uh, but there is always room for ice cream. And I mean, you can, that goes around the edges real nice. So I will, I will partake in ice cream every single day, but I love to, uh, I've handed out eggs on a stick. I've flipped pork uh, burgers in the pork tent, uh, headed to the turkey grill here shortly. And, and of course I've spent my time in the uh, uh, beef quarters as well. So, you know, and sheep and, and all of the above. So I uh, love to be able to help represent our, our great industries. All right, so what's the, what's the go-to besides the shake? Oh, but it, well, the strawberry shake is is number one. I mean, that is the most refreshing thing that you can have. But uh, um, I'm I'm kind of partial to either that pork chop on a stick and the uh, the hot beef sundae. Yeah, those are usually to be the, the the top contenders. And of course, then around the edges, you can always uh, fit a tenderloin in. Oh yeah, of course, definitely, definitely. So when you go to the dairy, have you tried the Girl Scout Thin Mint one yet? I, I haven't. I think I'm sort of subconsciously waiting, like to that be my maybe my finishing, uh, the finishing flourish of the fair, perhaps. But uh, I, I have my go-to things. I'm, I'm kind of working my way through it. This year, new in the in the Ag Building Dairy Barn is uh, frozen yogurt from Country View Dairy, which is one of my favorite uh, dairies in, in Iowa. They're doing on-farm processing, and and uh, they they're providing the frozen yogurt, and that's been a fun. Uh, uh, variation on on uh, ice cream this year. All right. Well, Secretary, I thank you so much for taking the time to visit with us. I know you got a lot more ground to cover and a, a few more uh, food booths to hit. Absolutely. Thanks for being here and, and showing and showcasing uh, all that's going on and the people that make up this fair. Because we all know that that's what that's what makes Iowa so special. It's it's the people. That again was Iowa Ag Secretary Mike Nag with us at the Iowa State Fair here in Des Moines. And with that, we're at the end of today's show. We thank you for tuning in with us here on the Iowa Agribusiness Radio Network. We'll be back in the offices again this next week. Look forward to joining you with you again on Weekend Ag Matters. Have a great week ahead.